were dead. Again. Hello and welcome to the Whovian Review. I am Michael. I'm Shelby. Colin reporting for duty. And I'm Jace. And we are trying to not laugh after that. Um, we shouldn't be laughing because you know what? This is a dark, sinister, creepy episode. Just just think about what, what would you do if you wake up in the middle of the night, dark night terrors, convinced that you're not alone in your own room. Is it? Is it? Clara under your bed? Is it real monsters in the closet? Or are you yourself the monster? The ninth episode of season six. That's what we're going for today. Nice terrors. Colin had a much better intro than I could have ever had, so. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that for a second, but I did. I, <laughs> oh, oh, wow! <laughs> I meant to, I meant to actually doubt that myself, um, but you know, I was too focused on my next point was that I actually took notes during this episode, and instead of writing down anything meaningful, I just came up with those few lines. So, um, I did put a lot of time and effort into them, um, apparently to the uh, to the potential detriment of my true absorption of the plot, but. This is also not my first time watching the episode. Maybe you shouldn't take notes next time. (laughs) To be fair, this isn't the most uh, complicated plot, and matter of fact, not not my favorite plot of all time. I actually think that this episode was pretty good. However, it could have it was just drawn out way too much. You could have chopped Mm. off a good like ten or fifteen minutes of this episode, and it would have been better. But it's Doctor Who, so it has to be me a certain time frame i think it was fun i think it was cool it just took too long to get to where it needed to be like half the episode was just amy and rory walking around a dollhouse and the other half was the doctor like talking to a little dude actually i thought the amy and rory scenes were actually the good parts because it was actually scary if they had focused more on that scary part of it I think it would have been better. I think that would have been cool, too. Mm-hmm. But what the happened was if, because the doctor interrupted by just doing dumb whatever the hell while they were – it just took you right out of it. It wasn't effective at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I thought that that part was kind of fun. It sort of reminds me of, like, later on where, where Capaldi, like, in Listen, just goes and scares the crap out of that guy running the orphanage for no reason. And he just kind of, like, scares Alex, like, repeatedly throughout this episode for, like – it's, like, so unnecessarily – I just feel like the back and forth between, like, scary, not scary, scary, not scary, something that's very common and, like, very early new who, where it's kind of just like, oh, look, differences. I think they did it to bring down the intensity. Don't forget the... I wanted the intensity. Keep in mind, most doll... People are mostly afraid of dolls and, like, porcelain and stuff. Like, this could have been something crazy. Like, for example, like, the Clockwork clockwork Droids. Was a fan. They were very creepy. I would have loved this as, like, a horror-esque. It was very Freddy Krueger in the whole one, two, Freddy's coming for you kind of thing. And and that is true, but this isn't an R-rated horror film. This is a 
uh, family and kids programs. So that's why they had to gotcha. kind of intersect a little bit of the doctor in there just so that the kids could actually feel, feel like everything was going to be okay. And to be fair, Carl, when he first saw this, and he was much younger, uh, he, uh, he, was, he, he had nightmares. Really? Yes. These peg dolls absolutely freaked him out. I know what I'm getting him for Christmas. And they, and to be fair, a lot of kids in England, too, at the same time. Well, dolls are frightening lot... to anyone, not just children. Oh, yeah. I, and the fact that they had these kind of, they, like, kind of, their faces were just completely devoid of any emotional whatever. Yeah, and they were automatons, too, like, walking around, like, more, you know, at human height when everybody was in the dollhouse. Like, it, it kind of hit on all the elements, like, of an element of uh, clown fears as well. It's like a clown doll kind of hybrid. And then they in turned you into uh, the uh, peg doll as well. This was my kind Oof. of an episode. I'll Vampiric say that ones. I liked the Tenza concept. I know it was, like, not like the main focus because the dolls were like the main, you know, seemingly the main villain. But you know, the kid George being a, a Tenza is basically it's you know a super cuckoo that just you know adapts really well and it like without knowing it, you know, while panicking because he's a little kid and worrying that you know he's being rejected, he inadvertently causes all these things to happen, and it was just like. And then at the end, when the dad was like, "I'm never gonna, you know, send you away. I don't care what you are." It's just I thought that was like that whole plot thing was very heartwarming. I thought it was too, and I didn't think about it from this angle before. But you know, you know, certainly this kid and his his power, his influence, you know, warped this whole perception for him and his wife about what was possible, what what the history was. I, I wonder how much of that father's true love for this child, his non-human child, might have been warped in the situation by the child itself. There's a lot that we don't know that clearly the doctor doesn't know, but, you know, it sounds like the message above all is, you know, love love is what all creatures need and they're worthy of it. Um, but the doctor's still going to check in during puberty. You know, he can't be too careful. <laughs> I, I will, I've noticed that with season six, there's definitely a theme of, of, parental guidance and parental love because you've got the whole river song story which we've already talked about and that obviously brings amy and rory and his parents and then you've got um you've got this episode um there's other episodes as well in this season that actually kind of continue that that theme for some reason i i think that uh this doctor is particularly good with kids too we see that show up a lot um, mm -hmm. I wonder if it's part of that, and I wonder if maybe it is kind of like a, you know, sort of the doctor slash the TARDIS kind of trying to, like, provide some surrogate parenting experience for, like, all that stuff that Amy and Rory lost by traveling with him. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, it's just... I, I, I will say, though, that I'm not sure that I was as big of a fan of this episode when I first saw it. Um, only, I agree. Only because the... Um, and and this is a little contradictory to what you said earlier, Shelby, but I, I feel like um, it, it kind of brings down the, 
the level of threat with regards to this episode because it's basically if this little kid can think up something and and create the terrors himself and then just simply the terrors go away as soon as he stops thinking of them it just seems like it was all almost all for nothing there Not really, wasn't really I mean it was all for an emotional connection what any child really needs I think to get the security in their life, that emotional, you know, foundation. I think it really was important there. And and there was a lot of mystery around that child, a lot of that situation, the powers, and I think that there still is. And I think that's why it remains to be threatening. I actually found the more compelling parts of this episode to be outside of the dollhouse. Um, I liked the interaction. I thought it was... You know, what, what? what is a more creepy realization that you can think of than to be there with your son or your child in your room that you're convinced you raised from birth have the realization that that's not your child? You have a, a totally different perception that matches with what you know should be true and what is real. You're having a true split with reality and one of the most important things, maybe the important, most important thing in your life may be all a ruse. Or may not have been real in the first place. On a slightly more serious note, I think it kind of does a really good job of portraying the fact that kids hear everything. And when, uh, for me, when I was a child, sometimes I don't remember specific situations, but I remember how people have made me feel. And when you're hearing something like your parents not wanting you or wanting to, like, get rid of you and, like, ship you away, that's something that'll, like, always stick with you and, like, not go away. So that's heartbreaking in and of itself. Um, so that was something I thought was like the most impactful with regards to this episode, which is why the moment at the end, you know, hit home. You never know who's overhearing and what could be misconstrued as like one thing over another, you know, and that's horrible for a child to go through. So I don't think it's like for nothing. Like the child didn't know that they were in control of all of this because they were too busy focusing on xyz 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 so i think that was a perfectly valid conclusion to draw that this child is kind of creating his own hell because he just feels like his actual existence within his family and his house is kind of a hell for everyone around him so it's basically just a child blaming themselves and it kind of coming out in a different kind of way it was also i mean it's also kind of a story about you've got a little kid who is you know, has powers they can't control and, you know, a lot of special needs and his parents are really struggling with it, but then they learn what the kid needs and how to provide that and everything, you know, is going to be okay moving forward. And I think that that kind of rings true. We did have some extra characters. What did you all think of the landlord Purcell and his dog? I don't Love the dog, necessary. hate the landlord. I yeah, mean, it's, it's pretty easy to villainize landlords. And Mrs. Um, Rossiter, the old lady that gets pulled into the trash. I don't bag. know why she needed to be there. Just an extra I person. Just, I think it was just a, a more clues that it was the boy Plot device? <laughs> Plot device of a character, perhaps? I, I find that those two characters were just kind of thrown in there. I don't think they were necessary. Though, I agree. To, uh, to this point. And I think that's one of the reasons why I was, I've always regarded this episode as kind of an average episode. Well, they needed someone to turn into a doll before Amy did, so we knew that that was something that could happen. And that, like, Amy and Rory knew that the dolls were a threat. 
Yeah, and it might humanize, you know, Alex a little bit and Claire and their whole situation, their life, you know, put places them in context in the real world. And I love excuses to bring extra dogs into Doctor Who. I don't um, disagree. <laughs> so I, I, I'm okay with that. And I encourage them to bring in more. I just feel, I, I don't know, I just feel like it, because Amy turned into one and because Purcell turns into one, it just seems like it goes nowhere because they just magically switch flip yeah. the switch and they're back to normal well george oh, brought them magic. back to normal right but he's the just, one who put them in there it's science fiction michael it's it's there's some sort of unknown technical it just felt like for Stephen moffat though it just felt it was it was mark gaddis oh mark gaddis sorry you're right for well for doctor mark. who it this season six this just seemed very simplistic a very simple resolve a very simple plot a very simple um, characters. Although it was told in an interesting way because oh, yeah. it was, you know, at the beginning, like, you don't know. You think there's, you know, the doctor says the cabinet's full of monsters. You kind of think, oh, the cabinet's full of monsters. And, like, you know, it, it seems like you take it at face value. And then, you know, it just kind of, it, it developed in an interesting way on that. There were also True. some really nicely filmed sequences, like, I mentioned to Jace when we were watching it, when they first show the TARDIS, you don't see the TARDIS. You see it in a puddle. So it's kind that of was like so pretty. And that was kind of a foreshadowing, kind of like a mirror universe or mirror world. Wah, 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 wah. It kind of foreshadows that, that not everything is as it seems going into this apartment complex. And I thought that was kind of a nice little twist at the And beginning. it wasn't. I liked when the doctor's walking down the hallway and just totally unnecessarily spins in a circle. It reminded me of the time when Leela realizes the fourth doctor's still himself because he's playing hopscotch on the floor. I like when he decides to have that random moment with a kid where I'm just like, wow, I can totally destroy this kid's mental model of the world and leave him wandering forever by manipulating all the toys in his bedroom for a couple minutes. <laughs> and he already has a problem with monsters and strange things in his bedroom. Let's just bring... Everything in his bedroom to life. <laughs> let's let's go that route to see what happens. That seemed more fun though. It seemed like the kid was interested. It was fun, it but just... uh, but like I wouldn't be able to predict that would be a fun experience for that kid. Good point. At least at the time. <sighs> so maybe we should rate this. I'll rate first. Okay. Even though I always rate first. You, you don't know. Sometimes Colin does. Oh yeah. I often rate first. Okay, I'll shut up. How about that? No, but I'll actually talk. Please <laughs> So, Michael kind of, you know, was like, oh, Jace, I really want you to watch this episode. And I'm just like, okay, so there's going to be a clown in it, a doll in it, or some, something, you know? So, I started to get the hint that it was dolls because of them ending up in a new place, the food being rubbery, and hearing children in the background. The second you hear children especially, like, little girls, you think dolls. So the second I saw that doll, I got super excited. I was like, hell yeah, we're going to get some doll action. This is going to be more of, like, a horror-like episode. But it really fell flat to me, unfortunately. But that's also coming from the point of view from someone who collects, like, porcelain dolls and clown dolls and, you know, vintage dolls. You are a connoisseur. Yes, I enjoy them a lot. Um, So I kind of love them and don't find them as creepy as people typically do 
But hearing Michael's comment being like, oh, yeah, by the way, these things are scary to some people. It made some sense. But I I found those dolls really creepy as well. Likewise. Like, I mean, they didn't give me nightmares or anything, but like, yeah, those if, are super creepy. If anyone listening is um, interested in commissioning me to make you a doll in the model of this, these dolls in these episodes, let me know because I would love to. And I'm going to do one for myself because I looked it up and they don't sell them. And that's unfortunate. But that's besides the fact. Um, but yeah, I have to, you know, remember that this is a family show. It's kids involved. And apparently Michael's son flipped out over it. But at the same time, it just took too long to get to the point. Most of it was just the doctor rambling and sitting on a bed talking to a dude. Granted, you know, there was some underlying family issues and all those kinds of stuff. I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't juicy. Like, we've had a lot of juicy episodes. I feel like this is the episode that's just kind of like, oh, yeah, let's just let's just go back to normal who and just ride, you know? And I don't know if this is towards the end of it or in the middle of the season. I don't know. It was underwhelming. It wasn't exciting. I thought it had such a great thing going for them. I'm obsessed with the clockwork droids because they were actually terrifying and super cool. They had little guns. Um, I might have to rate this episode a five. All right, I, that that takes me a little bit by surprise. Um, but you know, some a lot of what you said, you know, resonates with me. I don't think that's too far off with a lot about how I I feel about this episode. Um, I I, I do think the dolls were creepy. Um, it, it's not going to go down into like a horror story for me in the depths of great doctor who you know it's it's not an angels type of thing it's not you know a really spine chill kind of moment but definitely has a strong creep factor here um i think you know michael hit the nail on the head when he talked about how the plot a lot of the characters were really one-dimensional um you know some of them weren't very even functional in the story or might not have needed to be there um and they did separate two things. They, they, I think they could have gone in and leaned in one direction with the creepiness in the dollhouse. And they could have leaned in another um, about the um, about George, you know, and his backstory and how he's interacting and the perception filter nature of the relationship with Alex and Claire um, there as well. Um, but, you know, I, I did find a real nice richness in that father's love for the child kind of story in the the mourning of him not actually having his own potentially human child and the realization that it doesn't matter and he loves that kid and the lingering question of what might be um, involved in the reasoning, you know, for that as well. Um, and, and that's what I really valued about this episode. Um, but, yeah, to be honest, it, it, it's not a wower for me. Um, I can see why it would be impactful, you know, to others as well. Um, there are a few things that leave me thinking and interesting and interested, but it's not going to keep me, you know, um, churning in a f- philosophical sense for days here. Um, for me, I, I think this is des- or deserves and earns, you know, above a five. I think it gets above a six. I'm, I'm going to land, I think, on a seven here. Um, the more I think and kind of ruminate over it all. Um, I, I think that's that's where it is for me. I'll go next. And I'm going to say that for me, um, if we go back to Terror of the Autons, we, or even the Spearhead from Space, we, we take something that is so everyday, every, every, ever so normal, and turn it into something evil. 
where and it was of course the mannequins and the uh, and the uh, windows of the stores. So in this case, uh, and Rose, of course, they did that as well. Um, in this case, they, you've got dolls, and you've got this kid who is creating all the terrors, and there Blank is definitely Rose trash eats people. <laughs> At least the trash can does. Um, but yeah, it's kind of odd because um, this seems it seems like it was supposed to be kind of a human, very a very human story or human like story. You've got this family, you're trying to deal with dad and his son and their relationship. Mom seems to be completely devoid of the story because she leaves at the beginning and only comes back at the very end. But um, I, I do see where this is, it's a good family story. I think, I think it has a lot of heart in it. But as a, as a regular viewer for Doctor Who it's lacking a little bit of that pizzazz or that that tiny whiny stuff that we want, really want to see and i think this is it's it's not a bad episode per se but it's not a great episode either this um in my opinion is going to get a 6 out of 10 um and i give it a boost up from a 5 only because of the father son relationship I thought, and and the doctor actually does do a pretty good job of pointing that out um, throughout the episode. Shelby, all right, um, yeah, a, a lot, a lot of my points have been said by my three other lovely podcasters. Um, oh, I'm lovely. I, I thought that you know. Yeah, it, it, it was, you know, a little bit of Monster of the Week type thing. It, there was definitely some good creep factor. There was, of course, the heartwarming story. Um, it was. It's also, you know, fun, those rare occasions when, like, the doctor shows up and everyone's like, oh, thank God you're here, <laughs> you know? And, like, he just, like, immediately gets accepted and pulled in. And I thought his interactions with... Alex were uh, really good because especially when you know he suddenly started to hit on the you know crux of the matter and Alex is like uh, no you need to leave like you know immediately freaking out and you can see how you know that type of attitude would influence a child who you know is quick to to fear that he's being rejected and mm -hmm. um, I, I, I thought that like all of that part with the characters was well done it was kind of a fun romp um, yeah Amy and Rory's story was you know a little bit just running around in circles but uh, overall I thought it was good I thought that the way that the story was told was um, very interesting and well done uh, I am going to give this a 7 I think where the episode really kind of failed was that they were trying to kind of talk about, you know, something important, like, you know, this, like, father-son relationship and dealing with this child's issues onto doll monsters. Like, it's a, that's a really weird thing to mix together. Well... Yeah, but it kind of worked with, you know, it was the manifestation of, you know, his fears. It's like, oh, you know, anything you're afraid of, you put in the closet. So it was all of the things that frightened him, he put in there. And um, he was just capable of putting, you know, more abstract things in there. I, I mean, that makes perfect sense because what do kids have? Toys. Toys are the only things that they know and they can in their mind kind of like, especially with like human-like toys because then, you know, that's kind of a form of like venting. But it's just, it's... 
you also have to think about what dolls are to other people. Terrifying, scary, creepy, uncanny. And then there's like this heart cursed, like haunted, like really crippling vintage, like horror kind of thing. I don't I think it's just always a weird mix. I feel like there could have been a different episode in which we had these dolls and they would have been so much more effective as villains. You know, this could have easily been just like a chill episode with a more like basic villain and focused on the relationship with, you know, the son and the father. I think but that then, is what it was. No, I didn't think so. Maybe because I have like a, like, you know, a thing about dolls. I don't know. I don't know. I do it just agree. Didn't do it, for me. it does seem like there were two different stories trying to be told at the same time. And, and it seemed very out of place to have the horror-esque dolls intermixed with and then remember a father-son story. Amy also did turn into a doll. So it's just like, oh, snap. You know? Yeah. So it would have been just a little bit better. Maybe that didn't happen. Because when that happened, I was like, okay, so everyone's going to go back to normal. It's going to be happy ending. Because Amy, of course, isn't going to stay at all. You know what would have been better is if the whole thing started in the dollhouse. That would And the cool. doctor, everybody was in the dollhouse. And then they come to realize while they're in the dollhouse that it's actually just this kid's imagination that has put them there. That way you keep the freak, the, the creepy factor pretty much contained within the first half of the episode without interchanging between absolutely silly and ridiculous, which is the 11th Doctor in this, and this extremely creepy doll. Motif. Although I tr- struggled to see how the Doctor could, you know, show up in the dollhouse and do anything other than what he did in this episode, which is look around and be like, we're in the dollhouse. <laughs> That is exactly so. Like so, like you know, I don't think that you know we would have had all that time with like Amy and Rory being like, "Why are these pans made out of wood?" You know. Yeah, and I hope in that scenario they'd also leave a lot of good time for the you know the part of the episode that I think really landed that probably didn't make for the whole episode, and I think it was a lot of the Alex and George relationship and that that kind of twist and turn with what that meant. And and I think also it was important (laughs) that there was. You know, a plausible monster that, you know, the, that was, a, you know, the misdirection that, you know, the doctor was thinking, I, this kid is frightened by a super powerful monster, which, you know, doesn't work if there's no other monster. Mm-hmm. Totally. By the way, I have some interesting news for all three of you. Oh. Ah. Are you having a baby? No, it's cool. not, not about me. It's about Doctor Who. Oh, oh, the Ruth- the Whovian renews <laughs> the Ruth Doctor who is, um, who came out during the Timeless Child motif. She is set to make a return to the program in the few next two episodes. Hey, hey! Nice. So, Ooh, I wish is, I didn't know that. Is, it is confirmed by the BBC and everybody elsewhere. Well, we don't know to what degree she's going to be in. We don't even know if she's in the next episode or not. But it's kind of cool that she would... That I think it's cool that back. we get more information. It's just not like, oh, you happen. I don't remember you. Goodbye. But also kind of sets up for the regeneration because she's yet another doctor that's out there. What if she becomes a doctor twice? It's very possible. That would be great. If we had Ruth as a doctor, I'm I'm right I'm already tailoring the costumes. I know what I'm gonna be for Austin Con. I'm in bring it on, but one thing Let's that I need them Ruth. to do, resolve this why the why it still looks like the TARDIS for Ruth if Ruth is pre first doctor. We need a resolution there. You know, oh, yeah. Maybe for, that will be another discussion for another time. <laughs> 
Or it can be a discussion for now. It's on my wish list. For like five minutes. <laughs> or 12. <laughs> we were wrong. She was always a future doctor. She was confused too. Sidey wiminess. <laughs> At any rate, have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you all later. Bye. Peace. Goodbye. Bye.